Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. All right, let's talk about spiritual gifts. I mean, what even comes into your mind when you hear those two words, spiritual gifts? I think if we were to look across churches teaching the Bible today, we would find this can often be one of the most confusing and controversial things uh, that can be discussed in the church. But I hope that as we read through some of these passages, we will see uh, with a little more simplicity God's design for us. Because I think when we get into spiritual gifts, obviously we get uh, into debates about well, what is God's intention for some of these things today. And also, I think we have trouble even understanding what spiritual gifts are. But we think of them, I'm convinced, too often as spiritual superpowers. And you've really got to find out which one is yours. It makes me think of the films, The Incredibles, where you've got this family of superheroes and they have this baby, Jack-Jack. And one of the big plot lines even is, you know, which superpower is he going to? To have because dad's got super strength, mom's got super flexibility, each of the kids have their own distinct uh, gift. Well, what's this baby's super hero power going to be? And I think that's how we think about spiritual gifts, right? That, hey, you're a baby Christian. Well, let's wait and see what your spiritual superpower is going to be. And then we act as if, well, then that's your superpower, and that's what you have for life. And I think that's not very biblical, and I think, unfortunately, it can be confusing. Spiritual gifts are not uh, spiritual superpowers. Uh, To put it simply, spiritual gifts is about God equipping you to serve His people. It's as simple as that, and it can look a variety of ways. And I think it can look a variety of ways even in you and maybe different ways throughout your lifetime. Uh, Let's look at this as we get into spiritual gifts here in 1 Corinthians 12. And again, one verse that I'll just read up front that I think should be helpful is verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's what spiritual gifts are. A manifestation of the Spirit, it's the Spirit working through you for the common good of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is something that will get developed more in our reading tomorrow. Um, But let's start at the beginning. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. And then he talks about the pagans, and we kind of get off on what seems like a tangent maybe in verses 2 and 3, but I think it even speaks to the confusion today, because he talks about when they were pagans, and they were being led astray to mute idols, and now it's going to be different. And one thing I think we see right away is that one test of spiritual gifts 
is that of truth. Truth is important. It's not about mystical powers or charisma that that maybe was being used to lead them into idolatry. Uh, It's really about truth because no one that has the Spirit of God will ever say that Jesus is accursed because that's false. And the Spirit of God is not going to be connected to a lie. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus is Lord. That's a true statement. And the Holy Spirit will lead us to truth. And so I do think that helps today because you can get into some chaotic situations where we turn spiritual gifts into really making the entire Christian life something that is subjective and and based on your feelings. And while there are feelings certainly that are involved in the Christian life, that we must never forget that the ultimate test of even whether something is spiritual or not in the truest sense is truth. If you want to know, is something coming from the Spirit, look at what is being said and see, does that match up with what God teaches in the Bible? And then he gets into some verses that I think are very helpful. Uh, So the first thing we see is how important truth is. But this second part, I think, helps us get away from this whole uh, spiritual superpower idea, because I think it's a lot simpler than that. But really, it's it's not about some superpower. It's what are you doing to serve the body of Christ? And these next three verses, I think, really help us in that. Because if somebody asks you, "Hey, what's your spiritual gift?" you might be like, oh, "I um, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know what my spiritual gift is." But if somebody just comes up to you and says, hey, how are you serving the church? Or, you know, what activity are you involved in to build up the body of Christ? Those would probably be easier questions to answer. But I think based on this text, those are actually all the same question, just asked in different ways. Look at what I mean. Verses four through six. Now there are a, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So it uses three different words, gifts, service, and activities. And I think it it shows that they are the same because it even refers to, if you're paying careful attention, to the three persons of the Trinity, the Spirit, uh, the Lord. Again, when you see Lord in the New Testament, you should think Jesus, and then God. And when you see God mostly in the New Testament, you should think the Father. Uh, so you got the Spirit, the Son, the Father, you got gifts, uh, service, activities, um, they're all linked together. And again, then it's put back into that summary statement right after that in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So a spiritual gift is not some superpower that you need to get all mystical about. It can be as simple as how you are serving and the activities that you are doing to build up the body of Christ. And that can be a wide variety. And that, I think, is the point of verses 7 through 10, where it lists a variety of different gifts. And I firmly believe that the point of this list is not, hey, you need to figure out which one of these gifts is yours. For one reason, I don't think this list is exhaustive. In fact, I would say I know this list is not exhaustive. Why? Because there are other lists given in the New Testament that include things that aren't on this list. 
And I think that's part of the point. We are not meant to just look at all the things listed in the Bible and say, well, this is it. This is the total of options in spiritual gifts. No, really, it's anything you are doing to serve the body of Christ. And then we get into a variety of things here. Now, again, one of the questions that comes up is, are all of these things examples that are valid today? And for instance, let's look at the gifts of healing and the gifts of miracles. And again, I'm just trying to be clear in what I'm saying. And I know some good, godly, faithful Christians may disagree with some of this, but I would say that the gift of healing and the working of miracles is not something we should expect to see as normal for Christians today. Uh, And even, I would say, it wasn't that normal for Christians in this time. In fact, I think we see those were really the signs of a prophet or the signs of an apostle. And while this text doesn't specifically speak to some of these things, I think a text like Ephesians 2 reminds us that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So these gifts were used by these people in the formative time of the early church to affirm even that these this ministry as the New Testament is being written. And we don't live in that period anymore. Um, and even I would just argue some of this just from observation. Let's just look around. Is the gift of healing happening today like it was with Jesus and with the apostles? And that's where I would argue, no, it's just not happening. Now, again, I would be careful to draw a distinction here. I wouldn't want to suggest that healing isn't happening today because you're maybe even thinking, well, wait, there was one time there was somebody in my church or in my family that was sick and we prayed for them and against all odds, they recovered. Isn't that healing? And I would say God heals, God answers prayer. But here it's talking about the gift of healing and there's a big difference in God's people coming together to pray for someone that God might heal them versus going into a hospital room and saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk with authority and command. That's the gift of healing that we see from the apostles. And that's what I would argue. I don't think scripture really leads us to believe that all Christians should expect that. And just the observation of the world would show you that that's just not happening today. But again, that's not really the point of this list is to say, hey, here's the thing that you are doing. The point is all these different things, they are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Uh, That the spirit is empowering the people of God to serve each other. And whether that's just you having wisdom in a situation and you sharing wisdom with others or or, or all kinds of other things that we'll see and we'll even see other lists in Corinthians that speak to the different things. And I would say that that could even include just ways that you serve your church, whether it's setting up your church or serving in kids ministry in your church. You are doing an activity for the common good of the people of God. And so that would be then the so what, right? We, we've talked about a lot of different things with spiritual gifts, that truth is the ultimate test, that they're not spiritual superpowers. Uh, so what? what? What should you do with this today? And that's where I would encourage you, get busy serving the body of Christ through your lo- local church. 
be serving, be full of activity for the common good and trust, trust that the spirit will empower you for the sake of the common good of the body. And that's something I think we miss the point of often completely in this, that you should serve the church with a trust, with a faith that the spirit is going to use you because he's the one that is empowering all of this. Because you might look at yourself and say, well, what good am I? And we'll see more of this in the next reading. But that's where you need to stop thinking about yourself and start trusting the Spirit. So again, so what from this passage? Get busy with activity, with service, really then using your gift, this opportunity that what the Spirit is using you to do for the common good of your church. May we all be busy in that. And may we be busy because we're trusting. We're trusting that the Spirit will equip us. The Spirit will use us however He wants to. And I hope that's the start of us not just understanding spiritual gifts, but living them out the way that God wants us to. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.